Hey, good morning, church. If we've never met, my name's Barry Hoover. I'm a pastor here at Fervent Church, and this is part two of a mini sermon series about words. And essentially, this is a um, an extension of of part one, right? So this isn't like totally separate or totally um, separated from last week. All right, and we're going to do a, a recap. Uh, in a minute or two, and uh, if you didn't watch or listen to part one, I encourage you to do that. But don't do it right now. Stay here, take notes, uh, but go back and watch part one when you can. When we talk about words, I, I don't think I can overemphasize how important words are, right? It's, it's literally the main way that we communicate with each other, and God cares deeply, right? He cares deeply about our words, about what they're rooted in, right? If you remember principle one from last week, um, our heart and our words are connected. And I, I often, when, you, when, I, when I preach, right, when, when you're giving uh, even a presentation, think about it. Even if you do something outside of church, it's for work. Whatever you're doing a presentation on, it just seems to, like, dominate your thought process, right? And, and clearly, it, it has for me. And coming into this second week, I had a conversation with somebody, and um, I'm trying to practice what I preach by being slow to speak and being a good listener and all these good things. And um, every in the conversation I'm having with my friend, um, he was a teammate from college, and uh, heavy stuff, right? He's a married man, his wife's pregnant with their third. Um, she has cancer. And we talked for a while. We talked for a long time. And at some point during the conversation, it was, it was towards the end, um, I, I sensed like a, a prompting. It was a, a, a sense to ask a, a question. But hey, do, do, you, do, you, what, do you hold this against God? This sickness to someone that he deeply loves? Do you, do you hold it against God? And it was a well-timed question not because I'm a perfect architect of conversation, um, but I'm practicing what I preach. And he, and he, he went into detail about, uh, in the moment, he's not quite there yet, right? He, he doesn't really blame God for it, but um, if his wife passes, he's out. There will be no faith in God if she goes. And so, these types of conversations, these heavy things, my life is surrounded with, with heavy and difficult things. Personally, and those who I'm walking with, it's heavy, heavy stuff. So in that moment, when I, when I hear that, when you hear someone say, hey, if God doesn't do this, then I'm out. I have answers right away, right? I have pushback right away. I have a correction even theologically, right? And talking about how God owes you nothing. A little mini sermon. Um, I'm ready to go within a, in a minute or a second notice. But as I'm practicing what I'm preaching, there seems to be a better time in that conversation, a more gentle time, a more appropriate time to still share truth, uh, but the heart is more settled, and the heart is more receptive. 
All right, and so the main thing that I want you to hear from this opening time, even during heavy parts of your life, Christian, hear me. We're still on the hook for our words. Right, when we think things are bad, that's the time we can just let loose. I don't have to care about my words because I'm angry or I'm mad or I'm frustrated. Like, this is unfair. I'm in a tough spot. I can say whatever I want. I'm here to say, nope, that is not true. That is not true. Even when things are difficult, even when things are hard, we still need to consider our words. I just mentioned a minute ago, last week we had uh, two principles. All right, that was it. It wasn't a whole bunch of points. Uh, it was two different principles. And uh, one was, I want all of us to seriously consider our words. So we're still going to keep that principle. The other principle was our heart and our words are connected. So we're still living between these two principles in part two. Does that make sense? I hope these two stick in your brain like they have for me. Because today, I'm not really adding points. I have, a whole, I have steps. We're going to talk about steps. Talking about the, the pace of listening and speaking in, in a couple minutes. But So stay with me in between those two principles. Last week, so here's my recap from week one, from part one. Uh, we were in the book of Matthew, one of the Gospels. Jesus is the main part of these stories in chapter 12 and chapter 15. And in chapter 12, we, Jesus was talking about abundance. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. And as we unpacked it, what Jesus was talking about was whatever's in excess of your heart, that's what shows up in your words. That's, that's the main point he was driving at. Matthew 15, he was talking about, we use the word pollution, right? He used the word, Matthew used the word, what defiles you, right? Or what, what makes you sinful, right? What's on the inside? The people that Jesus was talking to, they were under the impression that external things can cleanse you. Traditions, rituals, those things cleanse you. Uh, maybe that's you today. <laughs> Maybe you still hold to that, that, hey, if I just go do this thing, uh, then I'm cleansed. But the whole point that Jesus made to these people was that the external doesn't cleanse the internal. The internal cleanses the external. And there's a cycle involved. And breaking that cycle is acknowledging Jesus is king. Jesus is Lord. That can break the cycle internally, and it can cleanse literally our, our posture, and it cleanses our heart. Today, adding to those two parts of, of Matthew, I have a singular verse, but the context is kind of interesting, right? So here's the verse. Are you ready? It's James 1.19, and it says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person so, that's you. It's not just like, hey, let every um, pastor or every religious person or like every, only leaders or only older people, every person, this is all of us, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. I say this is interesting because, as I mentioned earlier, with everything that's going on 
heavy things and hardship in my life, I'm actually the, the audience James was writing to. The people he was writing to, they were in extreme difficulty. They were struggling, struggling to be followers of Jesus in their culture and in their context. And uh, this speaks to my exact situation, right? And so this is an encouragement to all of us that are going through difficult things that we can, with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can actually be slow to speak. It's possible, guys. It's possible. Once, once we know the power of our words, right? Once we understand the power of our words, we, we can harness the power of silence. I'll say that again. Once we understand the power of our words, we can harness the power of silence. That is a major part of our talk this morning, is the power of silence. When, when we say slow to speak, right, James tells us to be slow to speak, I have a feeling all of us could define slow a different way, right? My, my definition of slow might be different than yours, right? And, and I, I think the thing is, at, at different times in, in our lives, we would actually even define slow differently. And what's the, what's the, what's the like, speed limit, <laughs> right? How fast is allowed and still be considered slow? What's too slow? I, I've been guilty of that this week. I have been too slow to speak. You, you tracking with me? It's, it's kind of like a moving target. Um, but we, we can't understand, listen, we, we can't understand the proper pace of slow until we understand what's going on during the process of listening for before we speak. I'll say that again. We don't understand, we, we can't really pick uh, a pace of slow until we understand what's going on while we're listening, <clears throat> right up until we do speak. And, and these steps today, I, I want these to be steps that um, can be beneficial to you, right? These are steps that people that are slow to speak, th this is what's going on in that process. And th this process and most of it happens silently, right? So when, when the book of James and when Proverbs tells us many different ways, by the way, right? Proverbs tells us when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains, restrains his lips is prudent. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. And so when it says, hey, be slow to speak, these are the things, this is like an active listening type thing. So, are you guys ready? Here are some. Here are some steps to being someone who's slow to speak. First thing, acknowledge. A acknowledge you are not by yourself. When I'm talking with someone or a group and listen, I, I, 
None of these steps are just for when you're in person talking with each other, talking to another person. Who, who, all of us understand that the way that we communicate is not just like verbal and face-to-face and eye contact. Often it's like text, right? It's emails, it's digital, it's, it's nonverbal, these different ways. And so this applies, you have to apply these things to any mode of communication we're having. Okay, and the first one is acknowledge. Acknowledge that, I, that you're, you're never by yourself when communicating with someone. Of course, there's the other person, but the point I'm making to you is the Holy Spirit is always with me. 1 Corinthians 3.16, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? Do, do you not know? It's important we understand that because if the Holy Spirit is dwelling within me, the Holy Spirit is a person within me, I'm, I'm acknowledging I'm never by myself. There's always a plus one, right? Who here loves a plus one when you go to weddings, right? Now, as a, as a married man, I never have to worry about that. But I do remember the day when it was like, oh, do I get a plus one? There's always a, a plus one. And, and I, I, th- this is important for a couple different reasons, right? One, I'm, I'm never overwhelmed or caught off guard or feel like I'm, I'm in a corner or I'm on an island by myself when I'm communicating with someone. The Holy Spirit has a way of having a filter for me to hear, for me to listen in every communication that I have. So I, I acknowledge I'm never by myself. That's the first step. Second thing. Remove personal expectations that I have when listening. This is a little bit tough. Remove my expectations when I'm listening. What, what, what do I mean by that? I mean, um, don't fix their problem. All my fixers can say amen to that, right? You just stop listening about five words in because you already know how to fix it. Some of you are laughing. Or the, the ones that have uh, the answer, like the biblical answer right away. That was my example at the top, right? When, when a friend of mine says, Hey, unless God does this, I'm out. You have biblical reasons and biblical answers as to why they're dead wrong and I'm dead right. And, or, or how about, I've been in this spot myself um, often, that you, you care so deeply for that person that you have an expectation to fix their problem, right? To, to make them feel better. That's your expectation when you're listening because you care so deeply for them. We have to remove expectation while you're listening. Acknowledge you're not by yourself. Remove expectation. Third, allow. Allow margin for restating. Allow people 
to say things in their own words a few different ways. When I say allow margin for that, what I mean is it's a decision you have to make to let people say things in their own words and give them a chance to give you more angles of it. I, I need this. Right? Some of us process different ways. Some of us communicate different ways. I rarely, I rarely say something quickly with clarity and get my point across in a robust way. It's rare for me. I need the, I need the opportunity to restate what I'm trying to communicate. You need to allow that. You need to not get frustrated by someone that needs to restate something a couple of different ways. Allow margin for that. Because their words, their, their words matter, right? Their, their words matter. If, if we believe, right, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, and that words are connected to our heart. If we believe that, their words matter, and you must let them articulate what they want to communicate. While you create that margin, right, for them to state and restate, this is where there's some cues, right? If you're in person, there's some facial, there's some body language, there's um, emotional, there's some cues that you can pick up on while you're listening, right? While you're being slow to speak, this is what's going on. Easier said than done, right? Maybe, but like, let's put some work in. Don't be afraid of some work. What about if you're not in person? What if you're not face-to-face and you can't read those cues, right? Because that would be my question. Like, I, okay, I, I hear you, Pastor Barry, but what, what do you do with text messages, right? There's some things you can do, right? We all have the jokes about like when there's bubbles, right? Some cues. If there's bubbles, maybe don't give your next reply yet. Uh, be a, a little bit patient. No one likes those bubbles, by the way, especially when nothing appears. <laughs> but there's, there's also other things. If you're having a text conversation with someone, right, and there's a back and forth and there's a rhythm and there's a pace to it, um, when there's then a gap, right, you can then compare the speeds of your communication. Of course, maybe something came up, right, and they had to take care of it, and so the gap is just out of their control. But it, these are cues that you can pick up on. Is somebody usually quick with a text conversation? Uh, and this conversation, you're talking about something that's a little bit heavier, and there's bigger gaps. They're a little bit, like, out of character. These are the things that you take inventory of while you're being slow to speak. Allow margin for these things. So acknowledge you're not by yourself. Remove your own expectations. Allow margin for restating and reading cues. And the next one is um, very difficult. The next one is trust. Trust the Holy Spirit. Right? Because if you acknowledge that he's with you, while you're being slow to speak, he actually has an agenda, right? He has a role to play 
while you're being slow to speak and while you're listening. You need to trust the Holy Spirit will highlight something. Trust the Holy Spirit will highlight something. Maybe it is a word. Maybe it's a phrase. Maybe it's like a repeated phrase. Maybe it's like strong language that this person usually doesn't use. Maybe you don't even know this person and, and it's, you're, you're at Starbucks getting coffee, right? And, and the barista, um, maybe you notice they, um, the song that's on, right? They're bopping their, their head to it, right? Sometimes things that the Holy Spirit highlight, they not, they're not verbal. Sometimes it's reading a room. Right? Some of us need to grow in that ability or even that acknowledgement. That's important sometimes. To, when I say read the room, I'm just, having, I'm just saying have some like situational awareness. The Holy Spirit will, I trust the Holy Spirit to highlight something and anything. If it's the song that that barista's bopping their head to, if I know who the band is, right? If I know something about it, that gives me something. I believe the Holy Spirit's in everything. It's just a better way to live. I believe the Holy Spirit's involved in all of the things. I'm, I'd rather be dead wrong sometimes than think he's in, in, in hardly anything. And, and just simply when I need to get quiet time, right? To have devotional times, the only time I hear from the Holy Spirit. I don't believe that's true. I believe he's a person. I believe he's dwelling within me. And I believe he absolutely cares about relationship. He cares about unity. And so, please, understand, trusting the Holy Spirit to highlight something is essential. What if nothing's highlighted? <laughs> right? What if, like, yeah, it sounds good, and then you do this, right? You, like, try this, and, like, imagine you're, you are talking to an acquaintance. Let's do a hypothetical. And they're, they're telling you about um, vacation, and you're having a hard time paying attention, right? Because you do kind of have to go. What if the Holy Spirit doesn't highlight something for you? They don't, they don't have a phrase that like, oh, catches you. Ask a follow-up question. Ask a follow-up question to something specific they said. Being slow to speak is a superpower for relationships. Ask a follow-up question. Sounds super basic, but when was the last time you asked a follow-up question to somebody who um, is simply an acquaintance or like meeting someone for the first time or maybe your spouse? Ask a follow-up question to something they said. Here's what I've noticed. When I am trusting the Holy Spirit, when I'm in, in step with the Holy Spirit, that pace of being slow to speak, of listening and then speaking, that, that pace, it adjusts and it fluctuates. And that's okay too. You follow me? I found that when I'm in, in step with him, sometimes... I'm very sharp. I hear something right away, and I can ask a follow-up question. Sometimes I really need to dig, but my trust is there the whole time. I, I know that he's going to highlight 
something because he cares about unity. That's his heart. So that's where I'm found, caring about unity. If God is really in control, which I do believe he is, if, if God's really in control, you can take the time to understand what somebody is saying. But if you doubt that he's actually in control, you rush to speak. You rush to have an answer. You find yourself not doing any of these steps. You actually abort the mission and you simply just inform, right? Or you just go into to autopilot and talk and talk and talk. Trust the Holy Spirit will highlight something. Next one. Actually, let me, let me pause there for a second. These steps, acknowledge you're not by yourself, remove your expectations, allow margin for restating, and trust. Those four, those are all the things that are going on when we heard a simple verse. Quick to listen and slow to speak. All of those things are going on while I'm taking in information. That's a lot of things going on. So the pace, right, how slow you are to speak, it fluctuates. Those are a lot of things going on at the same time. And so what I, what I want to encourage you, encourage you is this, that... Um, when you do these things and you have these steps, make sure, right, when it comes time to speak, you don't waste that. <laughs> don't do the work, don't do the hard work of being a good listener, being quick to listen. Don't do the good work and then waste, waste it with empty words. Don't, don't waste all of that work because it's work. As somebody who can be um, uh, guilty of being a good listener and guilty of being too slow to speak, I have ruined the hard work of listening well with offering something that was just um, empty and I didn't really believe in it, but because it was just, I, I just thought it was the time to say something, so I better, I better just say something and offer anything just to move on with my day. Do the hard work of good listening. But then also, here's our last step today. Are you ready? This, also, take, take those steps. And the last step, when it's time to open your mouth, confide. Confide in your words. It's another way of saying have confidence in your words. If it's not true, don't say it. First and foremost, if it's not biblically true, don't say it. If it's not true for you in your life, don't say it. If you don't know it to be true, don't say it. Confide in every word that you say. That's, that's a lot. That's heavy. But that's the work we're called to as followers of Jesus. Jesus had confidence in every word that he said. If, if Jesus 
Listen, if, if Jesus didn't have um, the license to speak freely on his own, like why do you think you do? Jesus didn't say anything other than what the Father wanted him to say. So what, what makes us think that we shouldn't have that same approach to the words that come out of our mouth? Because if there's power in the tongue, there's the power of life and death in your tongue, Jesus is the model for us. Believe the words that come out of your mouth. This step alone, if you think about it, even if we just skipped like the first four and just went to this last one, just went to the speech part, would help you. It would help me. It would help um, all of us understand. But if you use all of these steps, these, these tools to help you, you will be able to connect with people in a much more genuine way, in a deeper way, and people will, will encounter you, you will set yourself apart from most people they talk to. Right? You might be surprised at how quickly people get to deep things when you find yourself being slow to speak. I am amazed at how in one conversation whether I just met a person or I've known them for a long time, how deep they let me in in a short amount of time. And I'm convinced that it's the Spirit of God working in me and through me to know I'm not by myself, that I'm going to give them space to speak. And I know the Holy Spirit's going to highlight something. And I'm going to ask a question about it. And when I do open this mouth, it's going to be biblically true. And it's going to be true in my own life. This is why it is important to be slow to speak. So I don't have the answer for like, how slow is too slow? Or how fast is too fast? The pace will move in your life. But staying in step with the Holy Spirit will set the pace for you. This is the power of silence. You got it? All, this is the power of silence. This is how we harness silence. It's not empty silence. It's you simply not just waiting your turn to say what you wanted to say the whole time. This is harnessing the power of silence because you are tuning your ear, right? We just got done a sermon series on the voice. God cares about relationship. You're tuning your ear. This is practice, daily practice of hearing him. Because if he cares about relationship with each of us and the person you are communicating with, then you do. It's his heart. This is the power of silence. So let's end with one, one last thing. If you've never really considered um, silence before, other than just waiting your turn, 
Um, I want to pray. I want to pray that your heart is opened up to like a, a whole new activity when you're listening to someone, when you're communicating with someone. And let it happen with the people closest to you and, of course, the people that you meet. Now, if you're like, hey, um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if that's even a possibility. I, I'm going to be bold and say that um, the Spirit of God is a part of you for all those that have trust in Jesus Christ. When we give our lives over to Jesus Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. So this is a Holy Spirit type of discussion today, is it not? And so we're going to pray together for that, for the person who's actually never said, Jesus, I'm in. Because if you notice, it's actually the same prayer. Allowing access to the Spirit of God in our heart is the threat. Join me as we pray. I'm going to keep my eyes open, but you can close your eyes and you can repeat after me or use your own words. Father God, in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit, we acknowledge that we need you. We acknowledge that our hearts are polluted and need your forgiveness. We need your salvation. Jesus, I'm yours. Jesus, my heart is yours. Jesus, wash me clean. And Jesus, open my heart to hear from you and to be slow to speak to those around me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, that prayer is not just for a new follower of Jesus Christ. It is for the follower of Jesus Christ that has never had that part of their heart exposed before and open before to the Spirit of God to be used in a deep, deep way. Church, quick to listen and slow to speak. Harness the power of silence that you may actually give people the opportunity to encounter the Spirit of God through you and upon you. Love you guys. Peace.